Hello, heart soul humans, friends, scoundrels, and rapscallions. It's Zach here for another late night solo cast episode, or in other words, I wanted to journal, but I'm too lazy to use my hands and write. So what I'm going to do is talk into a microphone and subject you to the ramblings of my incoherent late night thoughts. (laughs) Tonight, I'm going to talk about the power of patience and the benefit of doubt. Sounds lofty, sounds super cool. I'm hoping it comes out that way. Hang in there, buckle the fuck up, or rather buckle the fuckle up. And we'll see, we'll see where this whole thing takes us. So today I was having, I was having like an emotionally wonky day. And I noticed it pretty much from the get-go. I was feeling super off, very emotionally sensitive, um, and quite self-critical. I also noticed throughout the day how many moment-to-moment fluctuations my emotions were having. My emotions today were very volatile. And I used to think, I was telling somebody today, I used to think that volatile meant like bad, but like as I learned about chemistry, volatile just means something that changes states very easily or very quickly and frequently. So my emotions today were very volatile. They changed states very quickly from moment to moment, second to second, minute to minute. Um, One thing that I've learned about myself over the past several years is that I have an incredibly robust, like feminine emotional body. I have plenty of like masculine qualities, but when it comes to my emotions, I they are very volatile, very transient. They move quickly. I feel them deeply. They have a profound impact on my state of being. Um, And I've taken it upon myself to, I guess, have a more stoic approach to them where I sit back and watch them unfold and try not to let them spill out into my life without some form of regulation, not to say that I try and control my emotions, but just to be intentional about which ones I project out into the world around me through my actions, through my words, and through the thoughts that I project intention into. I think this is a valuable practice for everybody because really the way that you can think about this is just mindfulness. It's one of the many benefits of meditation. For many people, it's one of the goals of meditation Um, At a certain stage, I think that you really stop having a goal for meditation, maybe other than the goal to uh, become free or to progress spiritually. But for a a lot of us, we start meditation for some goal. Um, And this mindfulness aspect is part and parcel of meditation where we learn to sit back, not relax, (laughs) stay alert, stay focused and learn to become incredibly intimate with our own inner process. Um, I say intimate because really we are forming a relationship with ourselves through an incredible amount of attentiveness. And like any relationship requires presence and attentiveness. It It almost requires like not an anticipation of the other's needs, but, um, 
a blending with the present moment that is so deep and profound that the arising of the other's need, or in this case of your own need, is not it almost like it was premonitory. It was almost like you could have predicted it because the present moment is so thick and so rich and so there for you. And so this aspect of mindfulness as we bring it into our day-to-day life with regards to our emotional process um, is a very in, it's a very intimate thing and it requires a tremendous amount of presence. Um, not to dissuade anybody from it, like to think that it's incredibly hard to do. It's actually at a certain point natural. Um, But I noticed a lot of this coming up for me today and I really had to put it into practice. I recently became involved in or engaged in a new relationship and like any relationship in our lives, it serves as a catalyst for our latent belief systems and our deepest emotions, be they positive or more shadow aspect emotions like self-doubt and things like that. And I was incredibly present with my emotions today, especially knowing that I was already kind of in an emotionally sensitive spot from the get-go, from the drop. Um, I'll just have days like that. So I had to become very aware of the way that my inner expectations and my interactions, especially within this relationship, were affecting my emotional state and my emotional body and my desires. And I realized, well, one, I mean, I realized how many positive things were coming up, obviously. But I also realized all these areas where I had these latent narratives of self-doubt, of doubting, for example, my ability to be truly loved, doubting my um, the value of my vulnerability, which is something I'll get, in, I'll get into a little bit later in this podcast. But there was a lot of doubt that came up, which made me reflect deeper on that concept. But before I get to that, I wanted to talk about the power of patience. And this relates to the mindfulness that I was just speaking to a moment ago. You see, our emotional states have a vibrational effect on the world around us. They I'm not, I'm going to make up a word right now. They are manifestatory. I'm going to make that word up. Um, if you could imagine, for example, uh, walking through an empty city, like you're walking through New York, but it's completely empty. And you've got a six steezy boom box and you set it down and you start bumping like Alanis Morissette. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. You just start bumping really loud music. You will hear it echo and reverberate off of the buildings for hundreds of yards. Your intentions and your actions that stem from those intentions and the thoughts that you place extra energy into or extra intention into reverberate out from you the same way that the sound reverberates out from the boombox. And it bounces off or ricochets or reverberates off that which you 
perceive of everything around you, everything really, actually everything within reality ad infinitum, um, because we are all inextricably linked in the universe. There really is no separation. So whatever quality of vibration you bring to your day, you bring to your intentions, you bring to your actions, reverberates and ricochets off of every other particle of energy and matter within the universe, in the multiverse really, or any dimensional strata, and reverberates back to you. And that is a, a process of manifestation. You claim within your actions and your intentions things at that very same level. So if you are going through your day and you, I like the way that John Wineland says it, you ride your emotions to suffering. You, you ride your emotions to like suffering town or suffering bill or something like that. I'm butchering the quote, but um, I find it very funny. It's like, if you get attached to these narratives of self-doubt, of fear, and you allow them to control the words that you speak, the actions that you take, you will claim back to you that which you have basically acted out of. So I'm almost completely sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, but this leads me to something that I call the mirror effect of matter. Now, this stems from the understanding of contemporary physics that basically says all matter is light energy. And rather than just what I'm talking about, manifesting things back to us through our intentions and through our actions, we also have our consciousness reflected back to us in all that we see. Um, and I know that I've talked about David Hawkins on this podcast before and the scales of consciousness, the different levels of consciousness. But we can imagine that all things that we see in the universe, all energy, all matter that we see in the universe are these little itty bitty tiny mirrors. And whatever level of consciousness that we exist at reflects back to us that exact same level of consciousness. So I'll take an example of getting into a fender bender, right? At a few different levels of consciousness. So somebody bumps into the back of your car. It's a low speed collision. Nobody's hurt. A person who exists at a level of anger in their consciousness will become completely indignified. How dare this person crash into the back of my car? Do they know who I am? I can't believe they're not watching their surroundings. That's so irresponsible of them. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind, gets out of the car, spews their pain and their anger out onto this person, makes everybody's day worse. The person who exists at the level of acceptance will have this fender bender and they'll go, all right, well, you know, not the day that I wanted, but this has happened. Like the only thing to do is to exchange information to move forward, gets out of the car, does the business that, that is required of them at that time. The person that exists at love or peace has this fender bender and goes like, oh my goodness, I hope that the other person is okay. They must be so distracted today. I wonder if something difficult is going on in their lives that would distract them from the important task of driving. Perhaps they bumped into my car as almost a spiritual happening. They need to be loved. They need to be seen at the level of the soul. They need to be engaged with at the level of the divine that exists within them. And this person gets out of the car and they just, through their heart, love on the other person. And yeah, they exchange information or you know whatever. They do whatever the moment calls for. 
but they have a completely different level of intention. And so I say all this to basically outline the power of patience, because if we are feeling low, we'll put it that way, if we're feeling anxious, if we're feeling depressed, if we're in self-doubt, if we're feeling rushed, these emotions carry a certain quality of vibration about them, and therefore they will affect the way that we see everything the world around us, the energy around us, the matter around us will reflect back to us a narrative that is affirming of the level of consciousness that we are currently at. And we will also manifest back to us more opportunities, more lessons, more people, more situations that exist at that level of vibration as well as an invitation from spirit to transcend that level of consciousness and become more free to become more realized, more actualized, more enlightened. Now, if we have patience and we are mindful, we can ride out the storms of our emotions and we can become centered again. We can get back to our baseline, frankly, to our inner essence. And from that place, we can know what is true for us. So for example, today, I had a lot of thoughts coming up, a lot of doubts coming up about myself and about my ability to engage in, <laughs> engage in intimate relationship and to be devoted and committed to, um, to the practice of intimacy and to somebody else's heart and all these different things. And all of these fears about whether or not I was even worthy of that, you know, those types of things, right? When I took, when I took the time in my day, the, the pockets of my day to set my phone down, to set my studying down, to go for a walk, to just breathe, to even just spend 30 seconds in silence, to come back to my state of my baseline, my inner neutrality whatever that baseline level of consciousness is for me. The truth of the situation always became apparent to me. My inherent worth, my inherent worthiness, my commitment to the heart of the other, my commitment to the intimacy, my commitment to showing up in this thing, um, my knowing of what is right for me and my life in this moment. Um, not necessarily thinking about what the future holds or what the past has held, but what is right in that moment. And I realized the power of patience today. I mean, it's something that I realize frequently, but it always takes on a different manifestation or a different flavor in my life, a different texture. And all of this leads me to my next topic, which hopefully will be a little bit more brief, <laughs> but this is the power or the benefit of doubt. I talked a lot about self-doubt. I referenced a lot of self-doubt in this, this anecdote, this um, allegory, I suppose, although it's real, so it can't really be an allegory, <laughs> this, this anecdote that I, that I just espoused. Um, so I want to talk about the benefit of doubt. It can be easy to, maybe not easy to, but it can, we can have a tendency to perhaps spiritually bypass 
And to say that if something makes us feel bad or if something is uncomfortable or if something is draining or not necessarily life-affirming, that it is negative and that it, it has no place in our spiritual, our super spiritual lives. But that's just simply not true. Um, doubt actually has many benefits. And I don't necessarily mean that we need to be in doubt from a place of fear. I think I mean doubt more so in the sense of consideration, of prudence, of having second thoughts about things. I was talking with my partner today about, we were talking about contemporary dating, um, contemporary views of masculinity, self-doubt, like the role of self-doubt, and then like these king and queen archetypes that we all, um, that we all fantasize about and that we all kind of aspire to. And we got onto the topic, obviously, like I just said, about like king and queen archetypes and how so many people misconstrue this king and this queen archetype as being completely and totally confident without any second guessing, decisiveness without a second thought, um, without any doubt. And that's just simply not true. That's just simply not human. There is no leader, or there's no king or queen that exists outside of the shadow polarity that exists within um, kind of a true and honest and just way of being that I would want to follow that doesn't have some level of self-doubt or of prudence or of second guessing. We so often think that by clamping down on our self-doubt, by clamping down on our vulnerability, by hiding away our nervousness, our anxiety, these things that we don't like about ourselves, that we're going to somehow become more than. We're going to be these superhuman beings that are free of doubt, that are free of anxiety, that are free of vulnerability. And that's just, it's just not true. Like how could you how could you reduce yourself, right? To to put something that exists within you into a corner to hide it away is a reductive action. How could you reduce yourself and then somehow expect to be more than you were before? By feeling and accepting that which already exists within us as a part of us is what makes us more than. It is what makes us exactly who we are as beings. And doubt, not necessarily fear, not being crushed by the weight of your vulnerability, but by being willing to accept that by being willing uh, by being willing to accept that your decisions can be fallible, can be flawed, taking counsel from your intuition, from your rationality, and from others who share expertise in the area that you are intending to make decisions on is incredibly powerful. And it is it's almost a superpower. It's this vulnerability, this this thing that serves to make us more connected to the human experience. I wouldn't want to be led by someone who lacks all self-doubt because they wouldn't understand the experience of their constituents. They wouldn't understand the experience and the inner nature of the very people that they are supposed to be leading and representing. And therefore, they cannot make empathetic and just fair 
and true decisions that represent the good of all because their inner understanding is different than that of the people that they are representing, right? We try to transcend our human experience because it is uncomfortable when in fact our very humanity, our human experience is what allows us to one, catalyze our spiritual growth. That's the whole point of being here. And two, to make an impact in the lives of others, to better the world we live in. You can't change something for the better if you don't understand that which you are trying to change. You can't better the human experience for all of humanity if you don't fucking understand what it means to be human. And to be human is to be vulnerable. It's to exist in a constant state of like minor existential dread and like, <laughs> like um, to all, or maybe not that, but to, to constantly be at the risk of experiencing emotional pain, experiencing grief, experiencing loss, um, experiencing rejection, not getting what you want or what you expect. And yes, there are sages, there are saints, there are those beings who um, do transcend um, these feelings, not necessarily that they don't have them, but that they're unaffected by them. Um, but for most of us, you know, we experience these things on a day-to-day basis and it is not about how we get rid of these things. It is about how we come to peace with these things, how we accept them and how we let them help us relate to the world around us. They make us more effective human beings. And I want to encourage all of you to not see your vulnerability or your doubt or your fluctuations in your emotions as a weakness, but rather as a like part and parcel of being human. It's normal. And to just have the patience to ride out those things because they're not permanent. You know that if you just kind of look at the data of your of any given day, you wake up in one mood, you go to bed in another one, where you wake up in one mood and you have a thousand and one different emotions before you go to bed. Every emotion is transient. Every experience is transient, including the human experience. So be present with it. Enjoy it for what it is. Don't get too attached to the things that cause you pain. Don't get too attached to the things that you think bring you joy. Just savor all of it. You need a little bit of bitter to know how good sweet is. It's the same thing here. I always do these solo casts and at multiple points throughout these recordings, I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I have gotten so far off track. I hope this is cohesive. And then I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that that's, that looks like it's stuck together with duct tape, but that's suitable. So I'm <laughs> hoping for uh, a, a vaguely linear and followable final product with this. 
Um, I'm leaving uh, a lot of faith in the hands of the very capable Neil Bo Baggins and his editing uh, to chop out all the different areas that I had to pause on when I forgot what I was talking about. Um, you'd be surprised at how long, how hard it is to monologue for like 30 or 40 minutes. Um, give it a shot sometime and be like, holy crap, talking to a wall it can actually be quite difficult. Anyway, um, hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you get something out of it. If you have any questions, as always, you know, go to the show notes, find my shiz, reach out to me, ask questions, or just let me know if it impacted you positively. Or um, if you have any interesting thoughts and you want to just kind of engage in a discussion about it, uh, I can't promise that I'll be like super on top of my messages with regards to like my schedule right now, but um, I will, I will get to it at some point and I would love to engage with you guys more. Also, um, if you like the podcast, please share it with people that you care about. Please share it with people who you think would benefit from it, or you think would enjoy it. Um, that would be such a gift from you guys. Any who's doodles. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Mm-hmm.